0: Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, college football fans, pro football fans, whatever across the nation and around the world. This is Tim May with yet another Tim May podcast, and I'm going to be right to the right to my uh, co-pilot passenger on this one again because he's if you've been watching Tim May podcasts all along, he should be a little bit familiar to to you. But Luke Fedlam, attorney at law, welcome back to the Tim May podcast.
1: Tim, man, thank you so much for having me. It's good to see you again.
0: Yeah, and you know why I had you on? Because I need some help. No, that's not why, man. <laughs> I've never paid an attorney in my life. Maybe I start should start doing that, getting out of some of these wrangles I'm in. But I digress. <laughs> uh, speaking of wrangles, man, I had you on the last couple of years, uh, off and on. And name, image, and likeness was coming. The train was coming down the track. Woo, woo! And uh, it's like a lot of people had earplugs in. Now the train has come through, made one pass through. Uh, wow! It looks like a tornado has come through some places. But Luke, just give me kind of a, this is an open-ended question, so you can answer it any way you want, counselor. But uh, has has the impact been about what you were saying it was going to be on my podcast a, a year ago when this was basically first came to fruition in the state of Ohio, but has the impact been about what you thought it would be when you mix name, image, and likeness with transfer portal, or have we yet
1: to really see what's coming? Well I'll tell you first of all, Tim, thanks for having me. And uh, please do feel free um to send a copy of this to my wife to say that I actually knew what I was talking about a year. I will. ago. I, will. I, will. I think she you know she might she might argue with me on that a couple of times, but but no, but I'll, I'll tell you, you know, we have seen the the name image and likeness world explode over the last year. And I will tell you this, we haven't even seen kind of the depths of it yet. And here's why when you think about college football in particular, We only have a couple stories of athletes, the wide receiver at Pitt, et cetera, right? That enter the transfer portal, kind of following the season, and then they end up going somewhere else, and name, image, and likeness deals happen to just happen to follow. We're going to see a lot of that when it comes to the end of this upcoming season, I believe, because ultimately we've created this quasi free agency with no guardrails on the free agency. If you look at the NBA, the NFL, there are guard guardrails. There's timelines. There's there's rules around free agency. But because that wasn't the intended, um, you know, output that they wanted, we've got the transfer portal that you know came to life in 2021. We've got name, image, and likeness that's come to life in 2021. It has been a crazy time for those two to come together and really create the situation we're in now.
0: Yeah, I was warning people. Warning's not the right term, but I mean, two years ago, uh, what 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 concerned me most about college athletics was the transfer portal thing. I'm not saying it's a bad thing for the athletes, but I'm just saying that was going to create chaos to begin with, but then like you said when you throw in the bidding war aspect of it, uh you know like the like the the uh the big time booster for Miami, University of Miami, Dad, you know, that with the basketball team, you had the kid who transferred in there who a lot of people thought was going to transfer to Ohio State basically got in essence, promised an $800,000 deal. Then he had another player on Miami who before the transfer portal uh, deadline came on May 1, said he was going to step into the portal because he wasn't getting, he wanted the same kind of deal that guy was getting, if not better. You know what I mean? And <laughs> that was just, and we talked about that on my podcast uh, a couple of weeks later with a guy I had on and that, wow, that's just suddenly somebody has figured this out. And a year from now, it could be really not a year from now, hell, three or four or five months from now, it could be Armageddon in that regard. Uh, what, what, Just look before we get into some other stuff. What is something the blade do you think, still has in any kind of like tool chest or toolbox or maybe it's just one of those belts, you know, at this point, <laughs> that it could do to at least put at least a little bit of a speed bump on this stuff?
1: Well, that's the hardest part. Uh, they don't have a lot of authority here. I mean, you say, you know, we whittled it down to a tool belt. I, I think maybe it's a one or two tools on that tool belt that maybe they have. And, a hammer and and, a, and two nails? Go ahead. Right, exactly. No, it's a hammer and, and two screws, right? Just yeah. Not exactly what you need for the job, right? But, yeah, but I got that. That was a good double entendre. Go ahead. <laughs> but what you what you have is the NCAA has, still has control over the transfer portal, right? Let's be clear. Yes. They have control. They can make the rules of the transfer transfer portal what they want it to be. But the challenge is it's hard to put toothpaste back in a tube, right? Once you've once you've said you can do this to then retract and say, oh, well, you know, you can't do that anymore. That's that's not reality. Uh, But when it comes to name, image and likeness, they don't have a lot of authority. What they have authority to do is to enforce the rules that they have. So a couple of weeks ago, they came out with some new guidelines specific to try to go after these uh, NIL collectives, right? These funds that are being created usually by donors, boosters, uh, alumni of a particular institution to put together name, image, and likeness deals or name, image, and likeness money for athletes to go to that particular institution or who are at that particular institution. So the guidelines that the NCAA came out with really have focused on including in the definition of booster – these NIL collectives, so that they can't use name, image, and likeness. These collectives can't use name, image, and likeness to go after prospective student athletes who are in high school, uh, you know, to try to get them to go to a particular institution. That's about it. But you know what, the challenging part Just like before name, image and likeness is that people will break rules, bend rules, do whatever to rules. And the question is, does the NCAA have the ability to actually enforce it? And they don't. That's the challenge. And that's the problem. We've seen these investigations by the NCAA. They take an incredibly long time. They require a lot of information and research and, and investigation to ultimately, you know, when we're talking about name, image and likeness and this moves quickly and student athletes are coming in and going out. It's a tough, it's a tough, tall order to think that the NCAA is going to control this.
0: Yeah, like I've been talking about on radio, even on my podcast, uh, but uh, on different places I've been uh, pontificating, much like you're doing on my podcast. Uh, <laughs> why didn't the NCAA load up a C-17, you know, on one of the largest uh, cargo planes there is, with paratroopers and paratroop them in to to uh, Tuscaloosa, Alabama, and College Station, Texas, a couple of weeks ago when? What came out of Nick Saban's mouth came out of it, that in fact, you know, talking to a group of people he's trying to muster to get Alabama in line with the uh, collectives, et cetera, talked about Texas a buying its uh, star-studded recruiting class and then Jimbo Fisher coming back and, in essence, accusing uh, Nick Saban and uh, his ilk of wrongdoing throughout his career, you know what I mean, uh, in that regard, when it, in fact it wasn't legal, and uh, no, you just saw everybody apologize sort of and act like uh, nothing happened there. And there has been no shock troops uh, thrown in there. Cause you know, like you and I were talking about this time a year ago, the, the NCAA kicked this thing down, they kicked this can down the road. Uh, so many times that suddenly states jumped in and made laws or whatever you want to call them that allowed yeah. this to be legal. Uh, and of course the federal government, which you and I were talking about a year ago at this time, when is he going to get off the, the duff and do something? Come up with its own federal mandate, which is what the issue claims it was waiting for. You know, uh, they they they've kicked that can to the side of the road. It looks like from a federal standpoint. Now maybe you know more about that than I do, but it seemed like it was they were hot to trot on that uh, a year ago. But now you don't hear anything, any conversation really about that. They've had some panels, et cetera, talk about it. But uh, what is the latest in in the in the
1: legal front? there is nothing that's going to happen on the federal legislative level anytime soon and and the reason why is because there are some other more significant pressing matters uh war between ukraine and russia we've got gun violence in the united states there are a lot of other things that are consuming the time of our legislators. inflation right the economy and when you think about though here's the thing when you're talking at the state level of a state back in the spring of last year passing name image and likeness legislation most states that passed it were it was pretty vanilla, right it was yeah. It was basically Republicans and Democrats together saying, we don't want to lose out on recruits to another state, so we got to do something. That's easy to get passed um, in a state house. Yeah. But at the federal level, we're talking about there are issues currently going on right now of whether or not athletes should be ca- categorized as employees. We've got issues around immigration and what rights should an, uh, a, a, an international student athlete um, have to be able to engage in name, image, and likeness, right? There's a lot more revenue sharing. There are a lot of other issues that are much more controversial when you think about this federal level. So it's not that easy. And on top of that, which the NCAA is pushing for is, hey, by the way, uh, we want you, Congress, to come up with a federal federal kind of mandate for name, image, and likeness. And when you do that, please give us a safe harbor or give us those protections so that other student athletes, then past student athletes can't then come and sue us because we're already hanging on by a string. If you really think about it from a, from a, a perspective of just influence and, and really importance and necessity. So I think there's a lot that makes it a challenge for us to consider Congress coming in to really create something here.
0: Yeah. There's all kinds of forces come together again. How do you do something? How do you put, like you said, the toothpaste back in the, in the tube, uh, the transfer portal situation without now incorporating uh, in essence, a contract, meaning you sign, you signed with this school, you're obligated to them for, let's say three years. uh, That's a contract, meaning a contract means you get paid uh, over and above, probably what you have from a scholarship standpoint, you know, and all those perks that come with that. I mean, like you say, I mean once
1: you once you step past this landmine, there's another landmine, right? That's right. That's right. And then and it'll keep happening and keep happening. And that's why I think, to be honest, for a degree, Congress is, I think, not necessarily rushing into this because let's just see how it plays out. Yeah. Right now, we know that it's gonna be the wild, wild west. Um, but at the same time, I think that there is some there's some innovation that comes of that, whether that's good and positive innovation or whether that's not. One thing that I always have to say, and you'll you'll hear Gene Smith talk about this and others. There are some really, really good stories that are coming out of name, image, oh, and likeness, yeah. and that ability. We have there's so many student athletes, especially on the Olympic sports, that are um, that are partial scholarship athletes that are getting the opportunity to earn compensation and potentially leave school debt-free. So that's a significant positive story that we have to remember. But I will tell you, as we all know, football oftentimes, and, and to a degree, basketball, but football drives this thing, and that's where the big stories are.
0: Oh, absolutely. And uh, you know, well, I mean, basketball's got one and done. You know what I mean? So right, with the NBA. So you know, you, you know, you counsel, you counsel athletes and their families on every level uh, of this from high school to college to the pros and stuff. And just has your business picked up dramatically? I mean, and, and what, are, what are the what are the main questions like a high school family or somebody whose kids going to college or college going to the pro? What is the main uh, question that's on their mind in, in this really strange time?
1: Well, it's interesting. I am incredibly busy right now at all levels, which is which is great. But the main question I would say across the board is, what is this, and how do we engage in it? Yeah, I mean that that that's really the biggest question. And and I get that question whether it's from parents of of high school and college student athletes, from the student athletes themselves. As we're talking to schools all across the country, they're asking, how do I get started, or what do what do I do, or how do I engage in this? And to be honest, we've had conversations with pro teams and with the NFL league office itself on name, image, and likeness, as they try to understand what does this mean for the new athlete that we're gonna be drafting coming into the professional ranks. So trying to figure it out, because when you think about this, who is actually out here, myself aside, right? But who's out here talking about and educating on what name, image, and likeness actually is? Oftentimes, a parent or a student athlete is hearing it from either a school that's potentially recruiting them, or from potentially a marketing agent or financial advisor who wants to work with them. So you're not getting just this general uh, unbiased, unfiltered education on name, image, and likeness. So that's the question that I personally get a lot, which is what exactly is NIL? Because some people still have it confused thinking that we're talking about pay for play. And while some of the activities may look like pay for play, name, image, and likeness most certainly is not. It is about the ability for a student-athlete to contract with a third party in order to license their name, image, and likeness for compensation.
0: And is, it, is the NFL's big question on whether they could be drafting players down the road that have contracts already in, you know, in place, et cetera, with, with someone who may or something that may or may not be on the NFL hit list or whatever? I mean, what, 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 that, would, that would probably be the main
1: concern, wouldn't it, of contractual obligations or strings attached? So, not that's that's not too much of the conversation because keep in mind, prior to name, image, and likeness, college football players would declare for the draft in January, get drafted in April. And if you were elite enough, you were doing deals prior in that kind of five month window anyway, right? Yeah. So, they were coming in being drafted with deals in place. The concern for the NFL really is what does this mean, kind of, from the mental aspect of, for student athletes what does this mean in terms of do, are we going to be drafting student athletes that are going to that already owe taxes because they didn't pay their taxes yeah. right so they the nfl clubs spend millions of dollars in research and due diligence on the players that they're going to draft because they invest millions of dollars in these players so they want to know those kind of things they want to know um you know has a, has a, has a player not paid their marketing agent and their marketing agent is suing them or taking them through arbitration or what other baggage is coming based on their opportunity. And then on top of that, and I'll tell you this, this is the thing that is, it, I think it blows a lot of people's minds. which is in some respects, there's a lot more money for student athletes at the college level than pro athletes at the professional level, okay. right? Because there's this weird thing where we, we we put a lot of money into college football in particular. And so you're, you're going to have these college football players who are going to be potentially average or um, on their team, or maybe they are even above average. They're going to get really big deals when they're you know, in college, because of the school that they go to and the the community they're in and the deals they can do, but then when you go to the pro level, it's not just about kind of throwing money for to keep somebody at a team. Yeah, at the pro level, it really is only about brands and companies who say we want to return on our investment, so we think this person can help us get it. It's not just about, oh, we're going to throw money in it and we'll have them do some name, image, and likeness activities, but it's really about keeping them at a particular institution. And so there's going to be this mindset shift, I think, to some degree where you've got athletes that at the college level are going to be making significant dollars off the field in marketing, but that's not reality when you get to the pro level. You're not going to be, you know, you have a few pro athletes that are doing national branding and marketing deals.
0: Yeah, instead of being handed something, you're going to have to show – you're going to have to prove that you can help them with their bottom line, which I think eventually a little bit of that's got to filter down to the college ranks. But like you said, there are so many people who've been wanting to be involved legally (laughs) with, with, uh, with luring college athletes, which brings to mind this, Uh, you, you were, you've spoken to Ohio state athletes many times and you were also part, what, what, what was the, uh, as we, as we uh, record this, uh, this week, what was that little meeting you went to the other day? Uh, that people were invited to that breakfast, basically Ohio State, Gene Smith and his ilk. Ryan Day was there espousing what it's going to take for Ohio State to be in the ballpark big time, which is, I guess, thirteen million dollars. What he was, what he was uh, quoted as saying. But w- what was that meeting all about? Just to enlighten people, or uh, what was was it to muster the troops? How would you describe
1: it? Yeah, so a, a couple of things. First, I gotta say, Tim, you know, I've spoken at Ohio State a lot, but I'll never forget the first time we met was one of my first speaking engagements with the football team back in I want to say 2013, 2014. Yeah. Um, so real life Wednesdays. Uh, <laughs> that's right, that's right. Exactly. Real life Wednesdays, and it's it's great to you know continue to come full circle as we've built our relationship. But but I'll tell you the the, the breakfast they had was it really was about bringing corporate partners, right? Various companies, business owners, and others here in Columbus to Ohio State to learn about, again, what is name, image, and likeness? What is it that we're talking about? What does it look like right now? Because just like with parents, like I mentioned earlier, there aren't too many people that are going out and talking to businesses. Keep in mind, we have told NCAA colleges and universities across the country have told local businesses for decades. Don't give our student-athletes anything that they haven't earned. Watch out for impermissible benefits. We don't want to jeopardize eligibility. And all of a sudden, we flip a switch and it's like, hey, uh, come put money in the hands of our student-athletes. And that is a mindset shift um, corporately that – that has to be overcome. So at the no. breakfast, they had you know, Coach Day, they had Carrie Hoyt, uh, who's the head of name, image, and likeness at Ohio State. They had Gene Smith, and, and, and they also had some local business folks get up on stage as well and talk. But it really was about a couple of things. One, sharing with local businesses what exactly is name, image, and likeness? How is it, how is it being handled at Ohio State, um, which really is an institution that's a leader in kind of how they're thinking about NIL? But then on top of that, the other piece was they launched an NIL corporate ambassador program. And that Corporate Ambassador Program is, again, just another way for businesses to understand how they can engage with student-athletes directly and have opportunities to do deals with student-athletes, but also at the same time, give the student-athletes the opportunity to engage with these corporate partners and have shadowing experiences and opportunities to learn from them as well. Yeah basically on the up and up is what they want. Right. I mean, absolutely. I mean, absolutely. so for, if we bring people in and talk about it, it's going to make it a lot easier for them to understand how to engage and what are some of the great ways to engage with student athletes. Last couple of things, uh, counselor Fedlem. Um, uh, <laughs> I haven't got to say, uh, uh,
0: objection foundation. I haven't got to say that yet,
1: but, <laughs> well, uh, I, don't say I, I watched too much of the episode. Johnny okay. Depp
0: Amber Heard trial. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, how is Ohio state done in this regard? Well, you know, you and I, We're talking, we were talking before NIL got legal uh, way back last winter, this, you know, not this past winter, but previous winter, you know, hardly anyone was really prepared for this. Did Ohio State, how did it respond? I mean, what kind of, I don't know if you want to give them a grade, but it looks like Ohio State has done a decent job of trying to keep people on the straight and narrow here as much as possible.
1: Well, I, I think yes. The answer is yes. And if I gave them a grade, I'd give them an A. And that's not—I mean, it sounds self-serving. Obviously, I do speak to them, to their student athletes, and all that. But, but I, I mean, what I mean by that, and the way I would validate that, is from the perspective that name, image, and likeness is a rapidly changing environment right now. Again, we're 11 months in, right? So we're just just over a, two days over 11 months in. And things have changed frequently. New companies, new new uh, partners have kind of entered this space of trying to come up with new ways to engage with student athletes, group licensing and things along those lines. You've got uh, policies that schools are changing their policies co- constantly to try to keep up with what other schools are doing because they don't want to be a, the school that's not offering what other schools are offering because that could be a detriment when it comes to recruiting and when it comes to retaining the talent that they have. I, what they've done a very good job of is being innovative and growing with name, image and likeness. I mean, that's that's really what it comes down to. They have hired um, uh, Logan Hiddle is the uh, he's a former football player uh, at Ohio State, and he's now the director of name, image and likeness um, and working with student athletes and working with local companies. Um, and they've so they've, they're putting resources and staff behind it in addition to figuring out what are some of the best resources that we can bring in to help our student athletes. And so, yeah. so I'd say they're doing the right things because it's changing and it's a, a rapidly changing environment and they're keeping up with the change.
0: All right. Uh, what would you counselor Fedlam? Now all of a sudden you're a federal judge. You have all kinds of policymaking powers. I got a lifetime claim,
1: appointment. I like that. I'll tell yeah, you, this. even though, even
0: though you claim you're going in unbiased, you know what I'm saying? Uh, <laughs> What would be something you would change right now, or you would change is not the right word. What would be a guardrail that you would set up that would kind of get every? As as Ryan Day said, you know, you just want black and white. You know, black. This is right. This is wrong. You can't do this. You can do this instead of so this gray area they're still in right now. In my opinion, even though, like you said, the issue Blake came out and said we're going to start enforcing something. You know, and nothing's happened since then. Uh, but what is something right now that you, with your experience in this and and your research? Uh, you know, you were doing research on this before it even existed, which is kind of hard to do. Wish you were on the COVID thing way back when, but I digress <laughs> again. Uh, what's something you could change right now that could just kind of like give everybody at least a
1: groove to go down? Uh, whew, man, the, 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 you're, you're giving me the hard questions today. I thought I'd come see to Luke Fedlem at
0: Porter Right. He'll take <laughs> he'll take care of you.
1: Oh, that's right. That's right. I, I think Better call things. Luke. That's what your name. Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. Better call Luke. Right. <laughs> exactly. Um so <laughs> don't juke. Call Luke. I mean, we can yeah. call, we come up with these all day. Um oh, I, 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 I think there are a couple things that I would I would do if I kind of was the NIL czar for, you know, college sports in yes. general. Czar. That's the I, word. I would one thing I would do is I would make education a requirement. And and I would I've already I believe that there are certain pillars of education that have to be given to student athletes. Right. Number one, they've got to understand taxes. I've talked to yeah. rookie NFL players over these past few weeks who have come to me after I've given presentations to different teams and said, hey, I didn't pay my taxes last year. Like, what am I supposed to do now? Right. I mean, so that, that's a reality. Right. So there has to be real world practical education that's provided to student athletes on top of that. There has to be education provided to coaches and staff as well, because let's think about this. They have never had to deal with this before. They've never had to deal with um, a student athlete being able to earn compensation. They were the ones (laughs) telling student athletes, don't take compensation unless it, whatever. I I, I don't wanna digress. Yeah, there you go. you know where I was going with that. I know I mean, where you're going, but you're going off uh, into the guardrail. Go ahead. <laughs> right. So, so there has to be this real-world education from that perspective. I think the other piece too is when you provide the education, you make it, um, you make it a better situation for everyone involved because now we know what is actually going on. Here's the deal: no matter what guardrails you put in, people are going to find ways to bend the rules or break the rules. That's just been college sports. It has nothing to do with NIL. It has. It's. It's just. It has to do with this being one of the most competitive, lucrative industries out there. Yeah. So when that when you have that come together, you've got people that are gonna do what they wanna do or what they think they can do to, to ultimately get away with and win. But, you, but if you provide the education, what you're doing is you're saying to the student athlete, we know that you're gonna come into our institution. We know that you're going to, we're gonna ask a lot of you, a lot of your time and a lot of your physical um, abilities. And we know even at a school like in Ohio State, we know that the majority of people who stop playing football here are not gonna to go to the pros. Ohio State is higher than the, than the national average of the number of players that they put in the pros, their percentage is higher, but the majority are not going pro. Yeah. So yeah. if you're not going pro, we still have provided you with the education necessary to help you be successful when you leave school. The real world practical education. Yes, you're gonna get some academics and book smarts, but we wanna make sure that you're prepared. And name, image and likeness is that conduit to provide real world practical education. So. Hands down, if I had the opportunity to kind of, you know, swing that lightning rod, it would be education is a must. And it's not just for student athletes. It's for coaches, administrators as well, so that they can understand how to best protect and equip their student athletes.
0: Are we going to see, well, last question, and we talked about this earlier, are we going to see at the end of this school year, school term, are we going to see a mass free agency situation, do you think, in the transfer portal NIL world? What, what is just your feel for that? Because you're you're as in. You're as in touch with this as anybody I know.
1: 100% yes. There's no that, doubt in my mind. Are we you worried see. about
0: college, major college football? Let's just talk about football. Are you worried about major college football in its future with that in mind?
1: No, I'm not. not? And I'm, I'm not worried about it for a few reasons. Number one, in college sports, we are used to, as fans, we are used to players coming in and then leaving, yeah. right? So if we just talk about football, we're talking about three years four years, maybe five years, but if you're going to make it to the next level, you probably came out in four, but we're going to, we're used to players coming in and going out. And ultimately, yes, we want them to be here. We're used to this, this, this nostalgia of having players for at least three years at one institution, maybe four, maybe five, but we still will be fans of our institution. We still will watch the game. Ohio stadium. will still have a hundred and plus, 105, 108,000 plus people there every game right now. And that's going to happen across the country. And we also know that media will continue to air and show these games. And so that money is still going to continue to flow in college football and college sports. Is it going to be it's going to be hard for coaches without a doubt. I, I do not envy the situation that they're in to, to have to deal with that. But at the same time, we, we are college football is going to continue. And it's going to remain, and people are going to be excited about it. Now, what I do think, and Gene Smith has talked about this, and I I agree with it. I think at some point, college football is going to leave and and just be completely under the college football playoff. I think when you think about the amount of money that's there, if you expand the playoff, that money gets exponentially bigger. That will be bigger than March Madness uh, revenue, which basically funds the NCAA. So you're going to be able to fund all of college football and much more, many more programs. And you're going to be able to create the rules that you want. So you can come up with your rules that would look like free agency, even if you don't call it that, that could limit what actually happens. And so that's where I think we're going. And ultimately, I think what we see this, after this upcoming season, I think that's going to jumpstart more of that dialogue and conversation around college football playoff, getting involved with taking over college football.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, Luke Fedlum, my, uh, once again, my trusty co-pilot, although he did most of the flying on this one, 98%, but I'm still going to land this thing, Luke. That's right. I don't trust you to land it. But (laughs) Luke Fedlem, thanks for joining the Tim May podcast again, my man.
1: Hey, Tim, man, thank you so much for all you do. Thanks for having me. And until next week, ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, we will see you then.